0: Widows, helpers, a growing church.
1: Grab your Bible and let's talk. Welcome to the Bible, Glitter and Glue podcast, where Bible study and thought-provoking conversation lead to creative teaching. Now, here are your hosts, David and Mary Nelson.
0: Hey, it's good to have you with us in another episode of Bible, Glitter and Glue. And Barry, we're going to be talking about another story from the book of Acts today.
1: That's right. We're still in the early chapters of Acts. The church is just getting off the ground. And we're in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Talk about a little bit of organization that goes on, some helpers in the church. Shall we read it today, David?
0: Sure. I'll start and I'll finish. You read the middle bit. I'll
1: do the middle of the sandwich. Okay. So it's chapter 6, starting in verse 1.
0: More and more people were becoming followers of Jesus. But during the same time, the Greek-speaking followers had an argument with the other Jewish followers. The Greek-speaking Jews at their widows were not getting their share of the food that was given out every day.
1: The 12 apostles called the whole group of followers together. They said, it is not right for us to stop our work of teaching God's word in order to serve tables. So brothers, choose seven of your own men. They must be men who are good. They must be full of wisdom and full of the spirit. We will put them in charge of this work. Then we can use all our time to pray and to teach the word of God. The whole group liked this idea, so they chose seven men: Stephen, a man with great faith and full of the Holy Spirit; Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a man from Antioch who had become a Jew. Then they put these men before the apostles. The apostles prayed and laid their hands on the men.
0: The Word of God was reaching more and more people. The group of followers in Jerusalem became larger and larger. A great number of the Jewish priests believed and obeyed.
1: Well, David, I was in the middle of that reading. I think I drew the short straw. Some of those names were really hard to say.
0: But you read them so well.
1: Oh, thanks. Well, here we are. I look at this set of verses almost like a sandwich. You know, you have the church growing. That's how it opens up. And then at the end of the section, the church is growing. So this nice, have got the two pieces of bread in the sandwich of growth of the church growing. But in the middle, we seem to have a bit of a problem arise.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a problem. Luke has been telling us about the spirit of unity and generosity of God's people in chapters 2 through 5. Earlier, the church faced persecution by the religious authorities, and that threatened the growth of the church. And in chapter 5, the church had to deal with another kind of problem, the deceptive lying of Ananias and Sapphira, and that threatened the growth of the church, but the church moved through those, and now the church is facing still another kind of internal problem, and that is how to maintain unity and continue to grow in a church that is very diverse. Verse 1 says the church in Jerusalem just kept growing. This meant that the needs of everyone kept growing, too.
1: That's right. And you have people that are all Jews, but they come from different places. They speak different language. They're not all exactly alike. Some have been in the area of Jerusalem for generations. They speak Aramaic, and then you've got Jews that have come from other places, and they speak Greek. So sometimes they might face things a little differently, but one thing they have in common, they are hungry, they're being fed, there are widows in both of those groups. And to Jews, they see a huge responsibility in feeding these widows. In that time, this idea of a a widow just relying on her family, and if there's no family, she's relying on the group to help her. So it's a good thing, and this idea of sharing, and somehow they were distributing food, but an argument broke out. And maybe, in a way, an argument for, would you say, a good reason?
0: Well, yeah, a great reason, because there was some important group that was being neglected, these Greek-speaking widows.
1: The Greek-speaking Jews were saying, wait a minute, our widows are not being fed. That's a problem. I do think it's important to note that sometimes arguments arise and disagreements arise that need to arise. If they would not have sat together and discussed this, even if it was in a heated way, if they would not have done that, those widows would not have been fed. And I think it's important to note on a side issue, sometimes we think, I don't like this church because they're just arguing I'm going to leave. But sometimes disagreements have to come to a point where people even get upset about it, as long as they're working towards a solution. Shouldn't be something we're afraid of.
0: And the apostles call the whole group together because they're wanting a solution. And they're very wise in what they do because they involve the whole church in the solution. This problem was affecting the whole church, it's particularly affecting the widows. This was affecting the unity of the church. They involved the whole church. And so they said, look, Our call is to go and pray and to teach and preach about Jesus. And we cannot do that and wait on tables or serve tables. We cannot be distracted from the work or the mission that God has commissioned us to do, and that is to be the witness for Jesus. You need to choose from among yourselves seven men that meet certain qualifications. Seven men who are good, who are full of wisdom, and full of the Spirit so that we can devote our time to what we were called to do by Jesus.
1: I think it's even stronger than that, David. When I was reading, it says the apostle said it would be wrong for us to stop doing those things and to sort out this problem of serving at tables. I mean, this mission of God is so important that they needed to get the church involved in solving this problem, or these kind of things would happen all the time. Sometimes we need to help people solve the problems they are discovering. So I think it's great what they've done here. So they choose those men and those difficult names that I had to read. They're all Greek names, aren't they?
0: They're all Greek names, yes, and it's probably significant because it was the Greek-speaking widows that were being neglected. Before this problem rose to the surface, there was some organization, some people were feeding the widows. We assume it was probably Aramaic-speaking Jews were in charge. This was their home territory. These Greek-speaking Jewish followers were considered, in a sense, foreigners. They're not from this area, this place. They chose seven men who were Greek-speaking to make sure that the Greek-speaking widows' needs were met, that they were fed in the daily distribution of food.
1: Well, that makes so much sense to me. These men would have understood who needs help. They would have understood the group because they could speak with them for one thing, but they could represent them in this instance. So I think that's really good. But isn't it interesting that the qualifications are not really about catering? The qualifications (laughs) are about being spiritual and wise Because those are the most important qualifications of someone who is helping people.
0: Well, what I hear you saying, Mary, is that even though they're serving tables, that's actually actual very spiritual work. It said men who are good, and I was thinking about that, who would be qualified to do that kind of job? Well, I think men who are good are men that can be trusted, people that are fair and honest, that are dependable. And those are the kind of people you want for this particular task, because it's a very important task.
1: And that spiritual element comes in, because feeding widows is one of the things Jews are taught to do from the law. Feeding widows is very important. Widows are close to the heart of God, taking care of widows and orphans, those that are fragile and in need. So being spiritual means they are going to approach this from a godly perspective and they're going to look at the people that are being fed as god would look at them so that's a whole different way it's not just business
0: you know you can tell a lot about a group you know you look at do they take care of those who are vulnerable or not Mm. and you find this group wanting to take care of the most vulnerable among them and that's the widows
1: Isn't it interesting that as we've been looking through these early chapters of Acts, as the church faces these different challenges, solving these problems are so important because the church needs this. We need to have this attitude. We're here not just to serve ourselves. We're not even here just to preach to people. We're also to take care of each other and help each other. So I think... This needed to be nutted out really early on. And I think that's wonderful because it gives us a pattern to follow as a church and as a Christian.
0: And so the apostles laid their hands on these men, they prayed for them, and they appointed them to this task. What's the result of all this? Well, verse 7 says the word of God was reaching more and more people. The group of followers in Jerusalem became larger and larger. And a great number of Jewish priests believed and obeyed. So, wow, with this issue handled wisely in a godly way and appointed the right people for this task, the church continued to grow.
1: And the apostles were able to preach and teach as as they were meant to do, as commissioned to do. That vital role was being taken care of, and they were not distracted from that. All of those things working together were so important.
0: And the gospel was reaching all parts of Jewish society. There were Aramaic-speaking Jews who become followers of Jesus, Greek-speaking Jews who became followers of Jesus, and now we're told even priests were becoming followers of Jesus.
1: And just adding to that list, keep adding to that list, all of these different kinds of people who are following Jesus, and that's the key. And we'll hear more and more as we read in Acts how this just can't be stopped, It's just continuing to move forward. I like David. I don't know if it's significant, but the repetitive words, it opens up with more and more people were becoming followers of Jesus. And in that last verse, the word of God was reaching more and more people. The group of followers in Jerusalem became larger and larger. It's interesting. It gives this idea of doubling, multiplying, growing, when I read that anyway.
0: Yeah, I think Luke wants us to know that the church was really moving forward, that these are the true people of God, and they had an important message. Mary, I know there are a few things I want to point out about this story. First of all, I believe we need to understand these seven that were chosen were already active in the church. They already demonstrated these qualities that were needed to fulfill this task in the church so we're seeing a new kind of leadership emerge in the church so it's no longer just the 12 apostles doing what they do here are seven others who are fulfilling this very important role in the church and two of these guys we're going to continue reading about in the book of acts and they're going to be proclaimers of god's word
1: i like this model too david one thing i noticed was the importance of a supporting role. You've got the apostles who were preaching and teaching, but just as important were these helpers that were taking care of another issue within the church, because you need both for the church to grow. I think sometimes we think we need to be in a leadership, out front, out loud position to be really worthwhile in the body of Christ. But that's not it at all. There are those people that are gifted in those areas and they need to do that. And there are some of us that just want to get behind those people. What other situations are arising? What can we do to make sure those people are able to do that role? And I think anyone who's ever been involved in, say, a a small church or even a new church plant, something like that, you quickly realize there are not people that are going to do some things if you don't do them. We're part of a smaller church, and, and we don't have a staff, a large staff anyway. People pitch in. We have work bees. We come and we clean the building. We have volunteers. I even hate to call people volunteers because they're just part of the body doing the function that God has gifted them to do. People that are not being paid to do a lot of the jobs, the finances and visiting people and teaching Bible classes. There are so many things that people do that are supporting roles. And that's so important because that's the body of Christ, just like a body has many parts and each part does its function that's the church
0: even the supporting roles are as important as any other role and so who does the work of the church it's the church that does the work of the church
1: it's all of us together
0: right and these apostles couldn't do it all and it wouldn't have been right for them to do it all no one person or one group can or should do it all there's something for everybody to do
1: It reminds me, David, there's a quote by Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers. He talks about when something really scary is happening. His mother used to tell him when he was a little boy, if something is happening that's scary to you, look for the helpers. Look at the helpers, because there are people that are helping. And if that's who you're looking at, you're going to be comforted. So if there's a fire, look at the firemen. Look at the ambulance drivers. Look at the people that are helping. And that is a comfort. And it's the same way in the church. Even if problems arise or we're faced with some big challenge, look at the helpers. Look how many people are stepping up, helping, willing to serve. And that's a comfort. It reminds us that we are all in this together.
0: And thank God for the helpers.
1: The world obviously needs helpers because it was only through that that the church continued to grow. So, David, what would you do in an adult Bible class to help this story come alive?
0: Well, if you're a class leader, you could ask the class if your congregation needed to choose some people to take care of the widows in the church or any other vulnerable group in the church, what qualities would you want them to possess and why? You can spend time having a discussion and reflecting on that. And the second thing is, in the class, you can make a list of all the widows in the congregation or any, I guess, any other vulnerable group. Because in the story in Acts, the widows are a very vulnerable group. They depend on others to take care of them. What group in your congregation is most vulnerable If you have widows, make a list of the widows in your congregation and adopt them. You may have widows in the class. You may ask them, what are your needs? How can the church serve you and assist you? And you can pray for these people, visit them, maybe buy their groceries, take them out to their favorite restaurant, pick them up for church if they need it. There are always people in the church that need rides. And as a class leader, you can delegate these different ones in the class to organize different things just learning to pay attention to those who are vulnerable to those who have need in the congregation because there's always those who need help and we need to learn to be helpers so those are a couple of things
1: oh that sounds really good i think in the children's classes if i'm teaching children I just want to make sure that they actually are seeing the unseen. There's so many people that are quietly serving, and nobody knows. So I want the children to realize some of these things that are happening. We can just talk. Who mows the lawn? And let the children think about that a little while. Who does that? Let's talk about that. Who prepares the Lord's Supper every Sunday? Somebody is filling little cups with grape juice. They're making bread. Who does that? Who's cleaning up after church? Who's picking up the rubbish? Who is in the kitchen? Just there are so many things, so many jobs. So I think it would be really good for children to start thinking about that and noticing that. And depending on the size of your church, we're a small group, so our children know the adults by name. And so we would start naming those. But if you're larger, you might have a a church directory that lists some of the different things that people do. So you could do that. And even just what are you gifted in? How can you help the church? Because we have more formal helpers. There's a, a position called deacons. This becomes a little bit more formalized, and there's elders, there are people that do different things in the church. So it would be good for the kids just to be aware of that. I think that my whole class could be spent on that, because we could actually go and do some of these things. We could go help the church. I think this could be a really active learning experience for the kids.
0: Kids, a lot of times, they want to help. They They want to do their part.
1: They really do. In fact, it's a funny, I guess, phenomenon. When you see children play, think about the things children do in play. Sometimes they will role play and act out fun things, but more often than not, children are mimicking adults working. They like to sweep the floor. They like to have a play kitchen. They like to drive the car. They like to play like they're taking care of the yard. All of these things, those are kind of work, but children want to do that. They want to be adults, so that means pitching in, helping. So I think it's an interesting thing. Children do like to help. If the opportunity arises, I would also possibly take the children to go visit maybe a widow or someone who is vulnerable, someone who is in need, and just to go and help them do something. We could go and pull some weeds. We could take them flowers. We could make some cookies and take them to them. So just giving them a little bit of hands-on experience in an empathetic way. You want to make sure people want you to visit. So I would caution that. But those are just some, some things.
0: That sounds great.
1: In all of this, it's so important, I think, David, to understand that Jesus is the head, and we as the church are the body. We're meant to be doing things, moving. We need to be functioning in a way that is moving the gospel forward. And this story just reminds me of that. And I want to share that kind of excitement with the children I teach
0: May God bless you as you continue to speak into the lives of adults and children.
1: Thank you for listening to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast. Subscribe now to listen to new weekly episodes and visit MissionBibleClass.org for more free resources to help you share God's Word with children.